When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find a seat. Hey, what's rule number one? What's rule number one? Party? No, not party. No, it's not party. It is definitely not rule number one here on the Moving Iron Podcast while we're recording. Anyway, at least. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had uh, Aaron Fennel back on here. He's been busy doing all kinds of fun stuff. All kinds of stuff. Been haying a little bit. Selling some tractors here and there. All kinds of good things going on. So how you been, buddy? Slinging iron, rolling hay. There you go. There you have it. That is literally every minute of the day. One of those two. That's uh, that's good. You been good? Yeah. Probably should have different hobbies, but been good. Can't complain. A lot of people say that about me, too. Living in a swamp. It is. It's. I tell you what, there was a fun fact. Uh, the month of June, Scotts Bluff, Nebraska was the wettest place in the country. Yeah, that we're they're like Scott. I heard that on the radio. They're like five inches or seven inches ahead yeah. for the year. Which, when you get five to seven inches, you know that's a start. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's been a uh, unusually wet year. I don't know that it's ever been cool. Been like this, like I mean, it's been wet and cool, but not like this. 
that I've since I've been out here anyway. No, uh, 19 was kind of similar to this, and I want to say, was it 17 maybe? No, something like that, 16 maybe. But yeah, it's it's uh it's not very common. Been very consistently wet. Yes. We went from maroon on the drought monitor yeah. to dark blue on the root zone monitor. Yeah. Right. So it's been a un- unusually uh wet year. We've had plenty of moisture. We've don't really have the heat to come along with that, but we've gotten uh, about everything else. Crops look good. We got grass as tall as I've ever seen it. Yeah. Uh, um and, and usually by now, even when it's wet, it's turning brown and it's not. I swapped grass hay uh-huh. that touched the push bar on the front of the head. Look at that. Can you believe that? Yes. <laughs> Considering where it wasn't brome. Yeah. So it, it's it's been a crazy year. And I think we can say that we start looking at what's going on in the equipment side of the business. It has been a crazy year for sure. So if you if you take a look back, kind of Go you know, rewind the tape here a little bit. Go back to 22. Um, everything was kind of rolling through there when you saw uh, stuff not showing up when it should and, you know, user equipment crunches and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, a lot of on-farm income that got um, kind of deferred to 23. So that first quarter of 23. First half of the year of 23 has been really very strong when you look at equipment sales across the board. Um, but it kind of feels like to me, we are seeing a uh, slowdown is not the right word to use, but it's just a little more caution in the market than we see you, in the past. You have to, if you are in the business of selling farm equipment now, you have to sell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You guys right. are still buying stuff. Yeah. Equipment's still moving. You just can't say, right. hi, here's a tractor. Oh, here, got a pen. Yeah. And I think it, it takes a little selling now. Yeah. So when you have, uh, and I think some of that pressure that we're feeling about the slowdown in the marketplace is that just what you just said. I mean, we've had conversations with guys about what's going on in their marketplace and those kind of things. They've they're, 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 the response to me has been, well, I think we're getting a few tractors on the market. You know, we got we're, we're starting to see tractors pile up. Like, oh, really? How long have you had them? Well, we've had these for like thirty days. Right. <laughs> well, come on, man. I mean, <laughs> up until two years ago, I mean, if we had a tractor for for three or four months, it was that was Pretty yep. common. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was not a big deal. Even up to six months. I mean, yeah. I was going to say you know? six months. Don't now, even think about moving a tractor yet. So, so there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of that readjusting back to what normal is now. And, and, you know, I've, I've kind of taken a look at that and it's just the things that we see happening now aren't, oh my God, the sky's falling. It's, oh my God, things are back to normal. Yeah. And, so, and I would say, from where normal started before the ramp up, we're still way better than normal. Oh, sure. But it it just takes it takes a little effort now. Yeah. And the other thing from from the dealer standpoint, yeah, it would be great that we have no inventory. Let's keep it clean. Let's keep banging stuff out and just run lean and mean and as healthy as can all be. And that's a beautiful idea, but the reality is everything else just slows down so much. You can't keep that going. You know what I mean? You can, but it would take everybody 24-7 doing that to even have a shot. 
Sure. Sure. So I think when you're looking at now, it'd be a good, uh, it would be from a dealer standpoint, it'd be a great time to readjust what your levels are, mm-hmm. your tolerance level, sure. if you will. Yeah. But it's not just a, oh, it's all gone. Yeah. Well, I also think too, you got to take a hard look at, at, um, this is real life. It's not Aladdin. <laughs> you got to take a hard look at where you're at and look at the, the number of dollars comparing dollars to past you. I mean, that's just, you got to take that out of the mix. No, the dollars thing is yeah. that flew the coop halfway through yeah. last year because yeah, everything is so crazy <laughs> high. Yeah. You got to start looking at units. And I think if you go back and look at units, where you're at now, where you're pacing at, go back and look at some previous years and see what you're, what you're pacing, what where you're kind of matching up to and start looking at demand because demand has changed dramatically. And it's not like um, we've talked about on here before, you know, the the, the 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 strands of buyers and what those look like. Right. And and where that that's those stratospheres are and, and how those things stack up. And the the one thing I will say about <laughs> more than anything is how um how hard and fast those um, uh, buying buying groups are right now. I mean, if you take a look at where they're at, um, they're they're not a bunch of people jumping from uh, you know like a, a ninety seven seventy and going out and buying a brand new you know seven S seven seventy right. You don't see right. It. And I can pass booms where you saw that kind of stuff happen primarily because of costs. And what that looks like. It's like your 2,500 hour tractor buyer. He ordered that one new one. Right. And now he's back to the 2,500 hour tractor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got and that purely, that's purely due to interest more than machine price. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. everybody knows that the, the new or the one year old stuff is pretty girthy on the price scale. Yeah. But that is not usually a deterrent at all compared to what interest rates are. Right. And, and that like, you know, nobody's paying 15%. Okay. Or shouldn't be. (laughs) If you know, you you can run, you can run paper on machinery under 7%. Sure. That's not that damn bad. But when you're coming from one, it's, it's a lot. You know, and and that's what I think something else we're facing. We had such cheap interest for so damn long that that was just instantly carved in stone with everybody. And that's where we're at. So now that we're in, yeah, it's a little heavy, but it's not, it's not crazy by any stretch. It just, it's a lot of breaks. So if you go back to 2006 and look at interest rates, then they were five and a half to six right. percent. Right. But you're also buying a brand new combine for $180,000. Or 250 Right. Right. So now you're buying that same combine at six and a half percent interest. Another percent higher and twice the price. No big deal. So, <laughs> so it does. It does make. But if you look at the grand scheme of things on a microcosm, what has the average farm yield done in those seventeen years? Well, sure. Yeah. No. I don't. I mean, it's economics of scale. I granted, there's no way that farm bumped that much, but things change because things change. Well, sure, sure. So I think, but at the end of the day. <clears throat> 
the uh, who, who was actually looking at buying a uh, used. I, I think the big what I'm getting at here is that what your what your two hundred twenty five thousand dollar trade difference or whatever it is that you, you know, the last time they bought one might have said whatever two hundred twenty five thousand dollar trade difference. Um, today they're buying that same machine with two hundred twenty five thousand dollar trade difference, but it's got two or three times as many hours as it did. Right. Then. So that's that's the thing I think you're looking at. And I think <clears throat> another thing, too, if you're looking at the market where that and how that plays together is. Or quite simply, that 225 is 350. Yeah, pretty much. And the other side of that, too, is you start looking at buying activity that you see happening now. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to what you saw in 17, 18, 19, where a certain stratus of of equipment was started showing up as being a very popular machine to sell, like the thirty five hundred hour tractor right. or the um, eight hundred to thousand hour combine, or the you know because a lot of that had to do with my I got this much equity in the one I'm trading in, I got this much cash, and the banks that's what they're going to let me do, right, right, and so I can go in and, and do that, and they're going to finance this amount and. Away we go, and that machine fits that thing. You start to see more and more of that pop up. Yeah. So, what I'm saying that the market's going back to more of a quote unquote normal feel. That those are the things you see in a normal marketplace. It's not all rushed to one side or all rushed to the other side. It's there's a little bit of everything going on. Other things churning, but there's a there's a a large amount of these guys just aren't like coming in and saying, okay, I'll take it. They're like, Oh, let me think about this one. Right. You know I mean? There's a lot more. I don't know how to word that more thorough thought processes involved than just here, sign this. And that's a normal market. Yeah, absolutely. That's a normal market. So absolutely. So we've ventured back into that. Now, all that being said, I think it's worthwhile for us to talk about the auction market today because we're this today is what July seven, 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 23. So we're close. You know what I mean? I don't know what that's supposed to mean. But. Close to seven, eight, 23. Yeah. If it's seven, seven, 25, then you get seven, seven plus two plus five is seven. So, oh, you see where I'm going with that? Neat. Okay. Nice save. Anyway, if you had, if you had that. Kind of squared away, and you were thinking about what was going on with the upcoming auction marketplace. To me, I, th- I have we've talked about how we would see this coming, and there's going to be some opportunities to to really do some things. Um, the amount of stuff heading to auction right now, every week, is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's not just combines; it's not just it's everything, man. Right. It's eight hours. It's it's high horsepower row crop tractors, four wheel drive sprayers of all things sprayers. I've seen sprayers on the market. And there's like four sprayers to be had in, in the United States. Correct. You know, I mean, like, and why are you putting that on an auction? Right. Well, open. You know, <clears throat> that could be. Here it is. Have ever turn everybody loose on it and then see. Maybe that's the strategy because that does happen. It, it does, but. Still, I just what you're not in control. Yeah, you just you have you're kind of throwing throwing the dice out there and hoping that you get sevens, right? And you might get four, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I think if you take a look at what's going, I have this just this like pit in my stomach right now though and as I look at auctions start to come in and where the values are trickling into and what's that look like and how those things are coming to play um <clears throat> that we are headed for a rough fall uh, as far as, as values go and I think when you if you're gonna start seeing a deterioration in value because we're seeing some deterioration in value right now but it's not like Oh crap! Combines lost twenty five percent last month. No, it's you know everything across the board settling in plus or minus a few thousand dollars. Right? You know what I mean? As far as advertised price goes, and again, auction values aren't like they're no. That month you lose thirty grand on whatever, like you saw that that month. It's again, it's it's a few percentage points here and there, and it's not a big deal. As we, I think, I think as we head into the typical fall auction auction cycle we are going to see a significant um uh amount of machines get put on to on the marketplace and and uh, you know as i i don't you're gonna see something happen right with market i mean what's your feeling on that well you know we've we've talked a lot about <clears throat> when this does fall it's gonna be as painful as 14, but completely different because in the, in the 14 fall, it was 11 billion things we got to move. Now it's 10, but $11 billion at, at stake. So there's far less machines to move machine population wise, but they're the losses per machine could be far greater now the other thing involving that is as um i just lost my train of thought that's spectacular oh as as we also don't have with that machine population we didn't have three customer segments all jump to one sure like we did in 10 yeah. through 12. Yeah, true. You know, the old 9600 traded on a new 9770. We didn't right. deal with that this time. Right. So that is a big benefit, keeping the machine population down. But there are some machines out there that are going to be just absolutely gross when it hits the chopping block. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. my, that's <clears throat> my take on it. Well, no, and I think. I think we're, I think we're, I personally think maybe we're a little further away from that than you do, but you're looking, we're looking from two different things. You, you can, you put the canary in the coal mine. I'm the first one that sees it dead. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's coming and then it's like, oh shit. Okay. Rewind real quick. Yeah. Hunt on <laughs> pivot. I think that uh, what I'm most concerned about is that one segment is going to jack it up for everything else. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so that's what I'm concerned about. Yeah, and and that's exactly well. If and this is just kind of my one minute take on it in in review. That's what happened in with the 14 stuff. 
combines and planters drug everything else way, way, way down. Yeah. I think this time you're going to see e even tractors. And I think you're going to see that this time for sure, just like you're saying. Just because you have sub such substantial dollars involved in everything, right? That it there's no choice but it's going to pull those 22, 23, 24 tractors down with everything else, warranted or not, right? That's just that's the market, yeah. So when I'm looking at the sell bills as they come through, one thing we saw the last time something like this happened was that it was very heavy combines and planters. Right. We're not going to see that this year. No. Or this time around. You're going to see um you're going to see uh very much a pattern of a little bit of everything. Yeah. And there might be more of one thing than another, but it's going to be it's not going to be heavily dominated by combines or planters or it's just going to be few of this few of that and this is going to be a Right. And that's, and that's not to say there won't be, it won't be combine heavy, but it won't be a glut. And you know, and there combines and auctions are always going to be a thing because they're a hell of a lot of dollars sitting there for, as far as the dealer's concerned, 10 months out of the year. Yeah. So the dealer side of it is always going to be lumping them off at auction all the time. But to your point, it's going to be a more even mix, and we just don't have the machines. You know, the other thing, too, that I think is going to be different about this time, that, and it's going to cause, it's going to be, you know, people like us that watch and pay attention to it and see it happen, is that if you're a spectator of auctions and you're watching auctions, what's the one thing that, that's not as big of a deal as it used to be when in the auction world? The big one day, we're going to sell off twelve million dollars worth of shit in one day. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> right. So now you can be a you can be a dealer now, and say I want to get rid of twenty five combines, for example, or whatever. And you can get with these online uh, auction companies, and you can sell, you know, three combines a week at every one of these sales for two months and sell twenty five combines and. If you don't know any better, you just think that it's got three combines or something. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So you're going to see, I think that's going to play a psychological game with people that. Oh, absolutely. Because now they're going to see, oh, did you see those 25 combines sell or wherever? I mean, can you remember how we used to do that? We used to get all excited. We'd be like, oh, we're going to fly out and watch that one. You right. Know? Well, now you don't, you don't have that, that spectacle anymore. You know? I know. And that's a shame. <laughs> It, it is. I miss the dog and pony show. It is and it isn't. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> now if you just, if I'm a guy buying a combine, yeah, I might be keeping track of how many combines come up for sale. Right. And you keeping track of values and those kind of things. But the psychological effect of watching 25 combines sell and then after that sell's done, in your head, you're like, that combine over there is worth this much money now. Yeah, exactly. Watching three sell. Yeah, next one. I mean, you know, whatever. It's just you don't have that psychological disadvantage, I guess, uh, uh, that we're going to see now as the seller. As a seller. yeah, disadvantage yeah. as a seller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or as the buyer, you know, to to your point, you got to watch five different auctions yeah. instead of 
So oh, yeah. I can go to that one that day and see 55 class eight combine sell. Sure. Yeah. Now it's oh, I gotta watch this auction this day, that auction that day. And and that makes it you know, like you were saying, the the psychology of it, it unless that guy is super dialed in on all of that. It takes away the, well, they sold 10 of them yesterday and they brought this. They sold one and it brought this. Yeah. Yeah. But then the next day they sold one over there and it brought that. And then the next day they sold one over there and it brought that. Who, you know, who's watching that close enough? Yeah. It also might have an effect on pricing to where we don't see a, a huge just fall off the cliff in the pricing. Because... That's not fresh in anyone's mind when they go to the next cell. Right. And I don't think. I was going to say something. I changed my mind on that. I don't. From, yeah. From the buyer standpoint, from the seller standpoint. You're you're going to see. And this is the angle I thought you were going with it. I don't think you're going to see the cliff just because of there's so many dollars involved and I think the potential losses per item, like I mentioned before, are going to be a big, big, basically foot riding the brake all the way downhill. You know what I mean? Well, that, that does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, the scenario that, that you're laying out there to me, it allows to see more consistency in auction values you know, sell over sell. It's a zero entry pool, not a jump in the 10 foot. Right. Right. I just think, because if you saw, if you watch 10, okay. So yeah, say you have 10 machines, right? You got 10 machines that sell and you're going through, I mean, everybody's got an online auction now. Right. I mean, freaking everybody does. Everyone's got an online auction. And if you watch those on, if you watch a sell and you see 10 machines selling in one day and, but 10 machines sold, but you, you're watching Two of those ten sell, right? Right. So you see himself for whatever two hundred thousand dollars or whatever the number is, right? And the next time the one comes around, your mind, well, that's this is worth two hundred thousand dollars, right? You don't know what the other eight did. The other eight might be sold for an average of one eighty, but you saw those two sell or two seventy five, right? So the consistency in, in sell over sell might actually be tighter. Yeah, because there's not again that whole like, oh man, we had two auctions. Come here, we'd see those, you'd see that happen. There'd be one sale would bring you'd have whatever 10 or 15 on, then two weeks later, there'd be another one that had 10 or 15 on it, and then three weeks later, there'd be one with like 25. Yeah, and so you had you, you watched and you want to be first or last, right? Not in the middle, yeah. <laughs> so you watch, you watch, you watch 45 or 50 combines sell in one month. All of which were big chunks. Right. You can still watch the same 45 or 50 combines selling in now, but it's an it's one hitters. Right. Or two hitters in the same cell all the way through. And I think that is where there's an opportunity that the way the auction market's setting up, unless you subscribe to something that's going to give you cumulative data of all the auctions that happen, it's going to be hard for you to sit there and say, I know what the auction value for a combine is. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of free online places out there that you can go find those things. You can find that data. Right. But it's not. Well, and. But they don't, everyone doesn't get everyone's stuff. Right. Right. You know what I mean? 
Machinery Peak does a good job with that. Tractor Zoom does a good job with that. But you start looking at some of the other ones that are out there, they don't have, they're not getting, you know, 1,500 auction companies sending them stuff. No, exactly. You know, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So that's that's the that's the thing there. So if you don't have access to that stuff, then you don't you don't really know. Right. So when you watch one or two sell in your mind, this is what the market is. Yeah, so that makes perfect sense. Instead of I watched 15 sell today and they they started out of X and they did Y. Yeah. <laughs> that was, you know, so that might that might have a completely different look and feel than what we're used to. Yeah. Yeah, I I I think you're exactly right. I think it will be that way, but it it'll be interesting to see where where we to use a a term you haven't used in a couple of years, where the soft bottom will be as we get late summer early fall in you know if guys are liquidating in season you know preseason that kind of thing it'll be interesting to see how far off that soft bottom is from say 12 months prior which will be a huge huge gap yeah and then how far is soft bottom from well anybody will give us a check at this number right Yep. And the other side of that too is Is it gonna be a marshmallow bottom or a wet clay? Like it's firm, but it's very, still soft. Very slippery. Yeah. I think um I'm looking at that too from it'd be interesting to see how many guys are are done at the end of 23. Yeah. How many guys, how many retirement cells you're gonna see? Because you know they hit their lick now twice. And this is they're now, gonna, now they're going to punch out. They're going to yeah. So I think some of the guys that were not quite ready to retire. In well, yeah, okay. Put that in correlation with the average age of the farmer. Sure, right, sixty-five to seventy, probably boatload of boomers in there. So that guy was in his fifties yeah. the last time he hit a lick. And then uh, we went through the shit, and then oh, one more good one. Now I'm done. I think I think it'll be, for lack of a better word, a cleanup of the rest. I think you're probably right. You had the early look at it this way: in the the 14 through 17 auction cycle, mm-hmm. you had the early boomers, right? Now in the 23 through 26 whatever auction cycle you're going to have the rest of them yeah so i think that's going to be interesting to watch how many how many consignment cells there are or retirement cells are out there you know how we start seeing coming up so in into 23 early 24 yeah that'll be, that'll be that'll play a big part as well so i never really gave that much thought about the auction thing till we started talking about it it's kind of thinking in my head because we're not going to, you know, so I've kept saying like someone somewhere is going to dump 25 combines on one day and it's going to be right. Combine market is going to go out. But I think because <laughs> of the potential losses, nobody's going to do that. Well, I, th- well, if they do decide to do that, they'll still sell their 25 combines, but it'll be over two months. Yeah. And it will be. And scattered. And scattered. And it'll just be 
kind of well, just look, look at it this way. Everybody's kind of doing their own auction data <laughs> management practice, you know, sure. experiment there. Yeah. That'll be interesting. That's going to be interesting to watch how that plays out. Because that'll give a, that's a new dynamic that we've not seen before. Right. Online auctions are anything new, but that's kind of your choice now. It's, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, yeah, Stephens and those guys out there that are still doing the online live auction thing. But it's, it's rare. Yeah. It's just not. As even you know, even your smaller town guys are yeah. pretty much online. It yeah. worked, and it's way less cost for them. So, and the the buyer wants that. No, the buyer wants to go and have his hot dog and a Pepsi and talk to the neighbors and all that. Man, not, we need we need the dog and pony show. Not the guy in Georgia. The problem with online auctions is. <laughs> And sell it's, it in Nebraska. It, it is, it's too damn easy to sit at your laptop in your office and buy shit all day. That's the problem with online auctions. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, we got to go pick all that up. Yeah. Dang. Ooh, yeah, I forgot about trucking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, trucking. Forgot about that. All right, man. All right, good place to stop. Any Last thoughts you want to throw out there before you close it down? Not that I can really think of. I mean, it's stuff's clicking and guys are looking to reach out, man. And how they do that. Well, interesting you should ask, Casey. Uh, call me or text me, 308-760-1193. You can email me at aaron.fintel at movingironllc.com. And I am on all the social medias by my name. And on uh, Twitter, I do a fair amount of wholesaling on there. So check that out also. Right on. Yeah. I am Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. Check out the video version over on the YouTube channel, which is the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. And you get all that information there. Go to movingironllc.com for everything Moving Iron related, blog posts, all that fun stuff. They're all there. So go check that out. Plus all the information from the Moving Iron Summit coming up in Nashville, Tennessee, September 11th through the 13th. If you want to be, uh, you want to keep an extra $50 in your pocket for your registration, uh, be one of the first 150 people to sign up. And Axon Tire will take care of that for you. So give you the $50 rebate. Uh, we're getting pretty close to that 150 number. So if you guys are interested in doing that, do it ASAP. So I think that's about all I got, man. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour there in Fennel. Let's go do some iron, folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century.